Peppers, the one and only, joining me from this beautiful Sunday after a time change. I don't know if you feel the time change, but I do you? Yeah, I used to think it was a myth and I felt like crap this morning and couldn't Thank figure you. out. So I made some notes the last time you and I kind of chatted about this idea of doing a podcast and I so appreciate you being here with all that um, expertise and experience that you have. So Thanks I thought- for having me. Yeah, of course, this is definitely the pleasure is all mine. So why don't you introduce yourself? Give me a little bit of a rundown on your experience so everyone can hear the wealth of experience, the one and only. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Um, Okay, well, I've been in the fitness industry since uh, 19 years old. Um, I moved here from Winnipeg to become a personal trainer. And little did I know I would get involved with bodybuilding about... I'd say seven or eight years into my career, I sort of on a whim uh, challenged a client at doing a show and wanted to see if maybe she could pull it off. And sure enough, uh, we put our heads together and she placed exceptionally well. And I went, oh, well, maybe we can keep doing more of this. So I continued to do research and look into these things further and I was hooked. And since then, I've probably coached uh, over 150 athletes and I've had such a great time doing it. I've done, you know, everything from the CPA shows to IDFA shows, WBFF, um, Muscle Mania, SAF, all of those ones. And I have coached women and men. I've done posing for many, many athletes, as well as some judging uh, for the CPA for a number of years. So I've had a lot of opportunities to sort of see how things are done uh, from the inside out. And it's been a really interesting journey. And I've met so many very cool people along the way. And I've been so inspired by my athletes over the last few years. I even created my own team called the Flex Squad. And um, it's been really, really special to go to these shows as a group and to really support one another in a big way, whether that's competing yourself, whether it's volunteering or whether that's helping me out backstage. So it's been a real blessing. That is a ton of experience. So at 19, you grew up as an athlete yourself. Correct. Yes. Um, Mostly track and field, team handball, cheerleading, those sort of things. Um, Never really considered bodybuilding until much later in life. But I do Uh, professional modeling, as well as with the cheerleading, I think it kind of took the um, performance part and allowed me to kind of take my fitness to a different level. And so it kind of was all encompassing and of of what I like to do. And you yourself competed. That's correct. I've done 10 shows. um, Oh, Yep. (laughs) Um, And I'm about to do my last show before I retire from bodybuilding completely. I'll continue to coach for as long as I feel like it. But uh, bodybuilding for myself, I am uh, nearing the finish line for myself. That's amazing. So, you, you know, that experience that you bring from cheerleading, because there's a there's an element of, well, it's a team, right? Body, uh, cheer- yes sort of makes sense, you know, bringing that physical capacity into your work and then how you sort of created your own team, that flex squad team, the idea of, you know, people coming together. And can you tell me a bit about why you felt that you needed that team aspect? Because not all trainers are created equally and everybody functions in a different model. So for you, what was the idea behind having a team? Well, there was sort of two things that prompted that. And the first being that I had done so many shows alone, uh, even with my coaches not necessarily present on my show day. And it makes for a lonely experience. And I am a social butterfly. I like to meet lots of people. But it would have been nice to have shared the experience with a coach or another team member. The other reason is uh, when I first started out, I would pair up two athletes together and they would often train together and do a lot of activities together. And then as the team started to grow, it was not a team yet. It was just pairs, you know? 
and I wanted everyone to have a buddy for the mm-hmm. day. Yep. And so then it just started to grow and grow and grow. And seven, I think seven or eight years ago now is when we officially gave Flex Squad a name. And um, now, you know, we'll travel to a show with, let's say there's six athletes competing, but I'll have two people helping out backstage and maybe three or four other team members volunteering. And so there's always a familiar face. And that's what I want for my team is to feel like, I'm not alone today on my very special day because that's what it is. It's, it's your, it's your wedding. It's your pageant. It's your, um, what do you call it? Your, uh, your graduation. It's all in one, you know, all that feeling and you want to feel like you're supported and that um, you can go out there with confidence and know that you have people backing you up. And for a lot of people, it's a, it's a bucket list day. Totally. Yeah goal that you know people have worked so long towards and then it's coming to fruition and there's so much and I I love that you identified that you know what that team is important and I can tell you you know as a member of the flex squad team I think it's an awesome team (laughs) it had so much to do with my reasoning behind wanting to create more of a community for women in bodybuilding Mm -hmm. because those connections that I have made with some of the women I met through you have really meant a lot to me. And and I realized like, that's really important. That's kind of crappy. I didn't have that the first couple of shows. And, you know, I don't think a lot of other women have that. And as I've connected with these other women on social media and we meet them at shows, they're all saying the same thing. Yeah. Those relationships are really the, some of the most rewarding for them. Totally. Well, and it also comes down to the fact that a lot of our family and friends don't understand what we're doing. Why Mm -hmm. are you eating that? Why can't you come out? Why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? Oh, you're always up so early training and blah, blah, blah. And Mm -hmm. so it's so that there's that feeling of like, oh, I'm not the only person doing this and someone gets me. And I'll be honest, as a coach, it helps back up what I'm saying. So if I have a veteran athlete that's like, no, it's pretty normal to feel like this at this point or oh yeah, I felt like that too, or you can expect this, or Kim's right, this is what you got to do. It really kind of helps like a doctor's um, second opinion, you know? So those are another couple of reasons why I thought it was really important to to really make a team um, out of the flex squad. And I love that. We're going to loop back to that later when we talk a little sure. bit more um the WCBB. But I want to hear about some of your experiences throughout, you know, the different federations and what you've seen. Because I know you coach men and women. Um, Mm -hmm. But the idea of being able to identify maybe today specifically around some of the things that you've seen around the evolution of women's bodybuilding. Yeah. And and maybe some of the challenges that are there or a little bit of that history. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on that. Right. I've seen the the evolution of bikini from the day one. And I thought that it's made tremendous headway from what it first was to what it is now if I if I'm going to get very specific here and I like the direction in which it's going but what I'm really loving is that this wellness category is coming along because the end of the day there are so many body types out there right so the fact that women's physique was created for women who were a bit bigger than figure but weren't bodybuilders you know Mm -hmm. So to create something like wellness where you can still feel sort of sexy, but maybe you do genetically have larger legs or glutes, you know, or you're a bit more muscular, but you're not quite ready for figure or you just want to kind of have a more playful category. And so I love watching these new categories come into uh, play. And, you know, I can't wait to see what wellness brings, for example, and just seeing, you know, how much development is in these women's legs you just go wow like the work that they must put in you know and so I think it's really great to see how much we've expanded because originally it was just fitness and just figure so then bikini came along then women's physique and then now wellness and it's a lot more space for more body types which you know I am down for and I'm excited for women to feel like they can find a little home for themselves and that it's not just figure and fitness, because mm. as as beautiful as those categories are, there's room f- for all shapes now. Right. Absolutely. And and some of those categories aren't necessarily open, you know, for, you know, for myself, figure is probably not there for me at this point in my life. Right. 
or, you know, it takes a lot to grow a certain amount of muscle. And like you said, every body is different. And, and the idea that there's more variety is really, yeah. do you remember how long bikini has been in? And, and first of all, the name bikini, I despise. And, you know, sure. within that federation, I have renamed it to be called builder athlete. Um, Got it. But do you remember when bikini came around? How long ago? Yep. It's been around for almost 11 years now. That's still pretty new. Wow. It is still pretty. Same with men's physique. It was the same idea. They started around the same time to give people a softer look um, and to give people just a, a category that not necessarily didn't require as much hard work, but just a different shape. And again, a little bit more beach body look, right? So I really like it. It's obviously become much harder and more developed over the years. I mean, if you look at bikini then versus now and a side by side, you wouldn't yeah. even recognize it. But I agree with the name uh, change as well, because, you know, it's so much more than what you're wearing. Absolutely. Um, and the idea that, you know, bikini, you know, as it stands right now was often is the first category typically when women are competing that they'll go into, right? Because yeah. Or they don't have that, you know, mature muscle yet, or they're starting. Right. It seems to be, I mean, you're the expert in this, but the idea that building that muscle then opens up other doors for other categories, right? Yeah. Um, but yes, bikini comparatively, or even the last five years from what I've seen has changed so much. Yeah, quite dramatic. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure how much I love how um, striated it has become at the pro level. However, I have a lot of respect for those athletes. Um, but either way, I think that there is, is space for many different body types. And one thing that I pride myself on as a coach is helping a client decipher what I think is body appropriate and age appropriate for a category. And sometimes that'll disappoint someone, but I'd rather be honest with you and tell you, no, that's not the class for you. So what do you mean by age appropriate? Give me your thoughts on that. Well, like we use the word bikini, um, I don't like the sound of masters or grand masters bikini. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, yes, it's a sexier category, but I like the idea of taking the word bikini and the word masters and the word grand masters out of the mix, you know, and just making it less sexualized and, and mm -hmm. so on. And having suits, for example, that are appropriate to someone's age demographic, right? We have kids in the audience and stuff like that. And these suits are getting smaller and smaller. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think, at, you know, you can be fit at any age and, you know, welcome to show off your body. I just think that there's a different way of displaying it that I think we could call it something else, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think Grand Masters makes women sound older than they are. Absolutely. And I, I don't like that word, Masters. Who's nearing Grand Masters. Um, you know, my, I'm aware that in the current federations, my days of at masters are, are almost done. Right. Well, in some federations, masters starts at 35. Pardon me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm 37 going, I don't feel like a masters. I actually feel like I'm 28 years old again. You right. know, when I'm training that hard, I don't feel 37. It's true. And, and we understand, you know, in sports and competing, you compare apples and apples. And, and so we understand the idea of categorizing by groups of age that are more comparable to others. Right. Uh, but yes, I've decided to not use those terms, masters and, and grandmasters. It's just groups A or B, which is, you know, yeah. easy enough. Um, mm -hmm. And I love that you're kind of already touching on some of the changes that have happened, even with bikini, watching how it's evolved. But there's, like you said, you know, some pros and cons around it's evolved so much within muscular development, but also the things that have gotten bigger are the, the lats and the shoulders and, and the glute, yeah. but the things that have gotten smaller are the suits, right? And how exactly they come and how, you know, so much of the emphasis on hair and makeup has, has mm -hmm. come to play. Um, and I love the idea of you know moving away from that, which I have around, you know, suits being you know optional you should be able to go on stage and I had this discussion with somebody the other day with an off-the-rack Walmart suit if you want to yeah and you should still have that same chance to compete against the person who decided they wanted to do the bedazzled suit and and that's up to them you yeah. should be judged the same right because for sure is on your physique and you can present your best assets in a $20 suit 
Well, and the original figure suit was a one piece. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I understand wanting to see the development of the abs and so mm-hmm. on. I've seen people be penalized in a costume category that weren't showing off their um, abdomen. Mm-hmm. However, um, if you have a C-section scar or stretch marks and you want a suit that sits a little bit higher or you want fuller coverage on your glutes, you should be able to do so and not be penalized as such. I've really noticed there's even some, even within um, some of the uh, companies that make suits, there's been a lot of shaming around um, full back suits. And I'm actually hearing the term diaper suit float around. Oh, yeah. If women, and I guess, and perhaps it's, I take offense because I don't know if you remember my two, first two show pictures. This was before right. diapers time, but I had a full coverage because I was so uncomfortable not yeah. being, and I had to ask for my second suit to be made to be wider in the back. Right. Because I didn't feel comfortable and that should be okay. Your comfort is what should matter the most that day. In my mm-hmm. opinion, I have had countless clients who have had you know, several children or even twins that have said, you know what, I'm not comfortable with this part of my skin showing. So I've literally had them email their suit makers and say, listen, I want it an inch or two higher in the back, or I want more coverage in the back or the front or whatever. (laughs) And I think um, an athlete should have that right to choose that and not be penalized as such. Um, You know, but at the end of the day, um, certain federations will be on board with that and others will not. And I think that's the beauty of where you're going with this is to allow that flexibility and freedom. And so I, I commend you on on creating this place for that comfort because it's already scary enough that we're going up there in this tiny fabric that we have to wear less and less every time. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and I also really agree on the commentary you had around, you know, what the other federations call wellness. I agree because it's typically, you know, a lot of women can can really develop their legs and just the way, you know, genetics are designed and women, we're all different. Um, mm-hmm. But really tend to gear towards this particular category. I don't love the name wellness. I sort of feel like it implies that other things are not well or that there's a right. Healthier, so you know, I've also changed that name to to, cool. uh, to Athena athlete, which I thought was a little bit softer. Um, but I think that that gives people a lot of opportunity to show off their hard work, right? Accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are your thoughts about you know because you've competed in physique, right? And you competed in other categories. Is that correct? Yes, I've uh, I've done. I think two or three yeah I've done uh, I've done women's bodybuilding I've done women's physique and I've done fitness model right so you've had that's that's a full spectrum of, of bodies for Kim Pepper right that's different yeah. time, which is amazing that you've had that experience so that means you've had the barefoot on stage experience I love it right as opposed to the heel experience because the other ones all would have been heels right yes yeah the fitness model experience was with heels and the uh, the bodybuilding and the physique were barefoot and honestly there's there's um pros and cons to both and um i i look forward to wearing the heels again but i also look forward to being barefoot again so um i think it really just comes down to a matter of preference um i do understand and a lot of people go oh i don't understand why you guys wear those clear shoes yeah you know, etc. But um, for those who don't know, that is just to make your leg look appear like appear longer. And I get it. I do get it. Um, it's not for any other purpose. It's not because we're strippers. Mm-hmm. It's because um, it's just to make the leg appear longer. And so it's true. If you're wearing a solid colored shoe, it will make your legs look shorter. And so I think, you know, offering the option is great. I think it, that would be fine. But to educate everybody on why we choose a clear shoe is also important. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really important because I hear that a lot about the shoes. Well, even from my own partner says, I just, the only thing I don't understand is the shoes. Why? They're very distracting when they're not a clear heel. And that that's the honest to God truth mm-hmm. from my end as a, as a judge and a coach. I prefer a clear heel. However, I wouldn't personally say, oh, you look bad because you have a different kind of shoe on, but just know that it's going to take away from you looking at what matters and that's your physique. And I think that that's a really great way to word it. And and so I have made shoes optional for a couple of the categories. Mm-hmm. And I think 
I think it's important because a lot of women have identified the shoes as being a barrier. And, and the yeah, idea- some people can't walk in heels and, and the- that's okay too. Yeah, should be a barrier. There should right. be this should be as easy as it can be to get you on stage and, and help you yep. feel but it is key to to point out that you're right it makes the leg longer and when it's clear your eye doesn't stop it just goes floor right up exactly and yeah. that's the point of those shoes and i think that's really important because there is a misconception out there as to why well and it's important for the competitor to know as well as their family members and friends that are watching in the audience that are like oh there's mom and her stripper shoes no mm-hmm. that's not why you know same yeah. thing with the tan. A lot of people don't understand the reason why y'all have the tan right. and things of that nature. And so there are there is a purpose to every single thing, be that glaze, shoes, um, bedazzled suits versus not, all of that stuff. Do we get connectors? Do we not get connectors? What is an age-appropriate connector? You mm-hmm. know, stuff like that. And that's the kind of thing where I pride myself on for years of really trying to educate a competitor. And that doesn't matter if you're my client or if you're just coming to me for posing or you just have questions I want to help you look your best that day and also understand why you're doing it and I think that that's key and the tan is I mean all you have to do is is find that one person who didn't do a tan yes it could look the exact same off stage but on stage the ability to showcase your muscles with the tan is, you know, and, and glaze. So it hugs the muscles in the right spot, unless there's another way you want to describe it, Kim, but that's, I mean, it's more about the light reflecting off and allowing us to see all the definition um, and allowing us to see the vascularity. Um, we wouldn't be able to see that if we didn't have those two products on our bodies. Cause we would disappear on stage. Yeah. It would look like a white sheet. Yeah. <laughs> and again, you don't want to look ashy up there. You want to be able to shine and look your, yeah. your best. Right. So the lights hit you and bounce off you in the right spots. Exactly. Yeah. So thinking about some of the gaps out there for women with, you know, competing, I think, you know, you've competed, like you said, almost a hundred, you've trained 150 athletes and that's probably on the modest side, even have you had somebody not compete at the last minute? Yeah, for sure. Wow. I wonder what, you know, that process would have been like for them because we know the emotions that are involved, you know, in right. competing. And for some of us, I know my first prep was like nine months. It was ridiculous. Oh, wow. That is a very long prep. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. I think I went back and did another one. It's but, hard to maintain the um, momentum and the motivation for that long. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Kim, on show day, I expected after that in my head when I first started, I thought, well, no, if I give myself this much time and, and work with my coach, come show day, I should look like those other women that compete. And I remember because I, I, the woman who really inspired me was actually my neighbor and she is just a powerhouse of a woman. When she competed, I remember thinking, oh my God, I've never seen so much muscle. Like you're so strong, yeah. so much respect for her. And I thought, okay, well, on show day, nine months later, I should be ready to go. And I'm even embarrassed to say it, but I remember being like, oh, where's the... Uh, some muscles <laughs> like like right. I wake up that next day and be this other body like nine months worth of training would do it yeah you would think so <laughs> and it didn't do anything and it and it didn't necessarily do anything drastic the second show either right. or the, the third show and I think there's this misconception that people think you know you train for a certain amount of months you get on stage and you're going to look like you know the Olympia athletes right and, and there's so much more behind all of that. So much more. So I can't imagine training for nine months and then changing my mind at the last minute. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen it. I've seen it. Not a ton of times. Um, you know, most of the time it might just be that we take a detour and we just do a different show or or something like that. Or we reconsider, you know, our timeline and things like that. But uh, yeah, you know, um, all kinds of things can come up um, that are you know, preventative from us actually completing our show. And I've, you know, I've been there several times myself where you kind of go, gee, I think I'm cutting it a little close here. And you have to be honest with yourself because, you know, you're going up there and you want a sense of pride the entire time, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've, I've um, known a few women whose nerves stopped them from going on the last minute. Okay. Yeah. 
And I think too, there's, there's a gap, like, you know, when I sort of asked where these gaps were, one, I think one of them is within like women who are maybe not supported, they have a coach, but they don't have friends who are competing. And mm-hmm. it's not really, you can call up whoever's hosting a show in these other federations and talk to them about this. Right. Right. Because yeah. they're busy and they're doing their thing. And that's something that I found was a real gap is there isn't really that support network. And I felt that was really important to ingrain in this new federation, that it is a community. It is a support network that women yeah. encourage to connect with each other via like either Facebook group or they meet each other at like the workshops that we'll be doing mm-hmm. Um, so that they have that person that just helps talk, you know, everybody needs to be talked down from something or talked up. Right. Right. So we need to gas each other up as much as we can, as well as help deflate some of the catastrophizing that we all do. And I found that that was a real gap. Yeah. I've thought about, you know, cause you've seen federations here, you've probably have lots of experience, you know, or education around federations that maybe are not in Canada. Um, is there anybody that's done it really well, like that you've seen like, hey, these were some gaps and they identify them. Or are you still seeing big gaps for women in competing? Oh, boy. Um, I am still seeing a lot of gaps, um, but I do see a lot of progress from other federations. Um, There's some in the U.S. that have made some strides and whether they still exist or are, you know, powering through, they've certainly taught me a lot of things. Uh, Inspire Sports League being the one that really stood out for me when I was in Texas. Um, They had this great way of sort of explaining the categories to the audience, really helping the athletes feel comfortable. Um, They had judges that would give direct feedback as well as emailed feedback within minutes of competing And it was just really special to see how good they made each and every athlete feel, you know, and then seeing things from muscle mania, like reinstating, you know, giving out flowers to the competitors Mm -hmm. and having food backstage and really just making sure the athlete is taken care of that day and feels like it's their special day. And so it's all that stuff that is about that day that I think, you know, sometimes gets left behind and it's like, okay, do you have your registration money? Thanks for your money. Okay. Go out there and do your thing, I guess. Bye. And like, I don't like that. I like the idea that it feels like a welcoming place and that all athletes are recognized for their hard work, you know, and that we, we reward each person equally. I mean, I remember years ago and I won't name the Federation, but there was a, uh, women's group that was out on stage and another woman wasn't quite ready and the magazine as well as the newspaper cut her out of the photo so that it wouldn't embarrass the federation wow wow and they were they were heavily criticized for that wow so it's interesting i wonder how that came up i wonder how they were called on that behavior well i guess it was seen in the paper And a couple people said, hey, where's our friend? Why aren't you in the picture? You know, and even though she, you know, could have used some more time to prepare, she still stood there with pride. And to be left out because she didn't represent the brand, to me, is disgusting. So there, there it is, Kim, that that word, the brand, that's something that's really highlighted to me. Mm Mm-hmm all the federations everybody does it there's and it's so intimidating when I go on their web pages and you know I would look and for some people they may say that's motivating but you know for somebody who who knows they don't look like that or like you said surgery or you know had a pregnancy that they had some related issues that aren't just going to go away right right? things just only go away with surgery right on what what the issues are and not everybody wants to go down that path but when you look on the website and you see the brand you see the perfect typically you see a bikini uh competitor right and and they right. way and all of the bikini competitors look a certain way and that is really intimidating and and being backstage and i think every woman can have this moment where you're like wow i'm backstage with some of the most physically you know pleasing people to look at like all of these best of the best and I always thought like what is it like to be that person who's not yeah I can be there because I was like that you know and I still feel I mean I still feel that I think we all doubt ourselves 
but in particular my first and second show that feeling was horrible yeah my first official and my second official show I felt like I had no business being there yeah I still did it I still smiled I still strut I even posted a picture of one of them today but (laughs) at the end of the day I still did it and my clients were impressed and my family was like whoa look at you go Mm -hmm. um it doesn't mean that you're not welcome. It doesn't mean that you can't celebrate your hard work. You know, you're just on your way. That's all. You're on your way to yeah. your ultimate physique or whatever. But don't you think it's important to highlight that there's also an entire category of people who are on their way or yeah. who this is their bucket list or, you and know, that's what transformation challenges and things like that are, are also really great for. And that's where I actually started. So before I actually did those two shows where I wasn't quite ready, I did a transformation challenge just to celebrate the fact that I had put in, you know, something like at that point, probably eight months of, you know, dieting and training for something I didn't know if I could pull off. So I was like, let me do this little celebration. And then when the time comes, I'll attempt a real competition. Mm -hmm. And so those sort of celebrations, I think we need more of that. You know, we need more of celebrating health. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. And I think the transformation category, which the WCBB has is, is crucial to be able to celebrate that. And, and it yeah. is, it's not just a transformation that started and ended. And I think it's really important to highlight it's a process, right? So yeah, it's a journey competing. That's right. But they're still, maybe they're going to compete later in a different category. And I right. also felt it was important to also have a novice category that came before what used to be called bikini. So yes. category gave people who didn't necessarily have that transformation, right? didn't feel that they were at a place where they wanted to be a builder because maybe they don't want to wear shoes, right? Because yeah. no shoes is optional or, you know, it just, I think having more categories is, is always better. Yeah, I so agree. Inform and fit into these boxes all the time. Totally. Which mm-hmm. is exactly what we were doing. So thinking about maybe the, the things that you've seen backstage, because I know that's, that's how I met you. Right. Right. Backstage feeling, you know, (laughs) I had my partner with me and that really helped because I felt really alone. My first show I had with me, but she had her partner and they were really wonderful, but I still felt really alone and scared and intimidated and all of those things like terrified. And so having um, Jason there for my second show meant a lot, but you know, he doesn't know Jack about that. Right. And I was just happy for you and happy to be there with you. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, he crouched the whole time because we were on a cement floor and it was just, yeah. Anyway, but that's where I met you and I saw how you were with your athletes backstage. And I remember thinking like, oh, they're really lucky. Like they're really supported. And like, you were really like, you're all up in them and you spread your time everywhere. And I was so impressed because you never left. No, I would never, I wouldn't dream of it stayed there the entire time and you were committed to your athletes and you weren't like because you know everybody there you know all those people right this is your playground but you still stayed with your athletes rather than going out and about and I really respected that about you and then you know the rest is history (laughs) I mean I've been there myself where I have you know gone all the way to Mississauga with what I thought was a team and I saw my coach at lunch and that was it yeah you know, and I'm like, Oh, cool. And like, I had my best friend there and my parents were there. But he also didn't come to my other show five weeks later, because he had a competitor in a different competition, who he knew would win, there was no guarantee I was going to win. So he wanted to pose with the client who had the trophy. Mm. Oh, and that's just, you know, devaluing people, right? For sure. And everybody has their own story. And I bet you've heard some really amazing stories backstage. Oh, yeah. And I've seen all kinds of things. And, you know, and I've met, I've met many an athlete who was there alone, and you can pick them right out right away. And that's when you just go up and you offer them some type of compliment, you know, whatever you can find, you let them know, because that little boost may make their entire day. I mean, I remember meeting a a competitor by the name of Jonathan, and uh, he was there with maybe a friend and I came up to him and I said, I just want to let you know, there's no way you're not going to win today. He's like, you think so? And I go, yeah, I go, you're a star. And he's like, wow, you know, and I've come up to other people in the past and just said, hey, your suit fits really nice. You, you picked a great one for your body. Like you look awesome. 
you know, and it's just those small things where people go, oh, I thought I was insignificant here and I'm not. I'm actually, someone noticed me. Right. And everybody deserves to feel important. Absolutely. Whether you're going to win or not. The point is like, you know, if you go to the, the IDFA show in Mississauga, it is filled with women from Barrie of all ages who have lost a ton of weight or even needed to overcome an eating disorder or whatever. And they're there celebrating. And it's really special to see that and to see how many of them are just, you know, comfortable regardless you know and they're cheering on women that they've never met and so to see more of that is what I'm hoping that your federation will bring oh I hope so too and I was thinking about your story about Jenna oh right in Brandon yeah. Manitoba it gives me goosebumps every time oh I think you should share that story Kim that's so- <laughs> I'll try to share it without crying it always makes me cry So Brandon, Manitoba, 2013, June, um, I went to the IDFA to volunteer with my best friend and I was video recording on behalf of Sean and I was interviewing athletes and I came up to this young woman who was wearing her orange Walmart bikini Mm -hmm. and I said, Hey, do you mind if I interview you for, um, you know, for the video? And she was like, you want to interview me? I said, yeah. I said, tell me, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, what are you looking forward to eating after the show? And the conversation was very light. So she told me that she was doing fitness model and she also told me that she was doing the transformation and sort of, we kind of just left it at that. And I said, do you mind if I just take a little look at your posing or whatever and see if there's anything? And she goes, Oh, I would love that. My coach is a guy and you know, he's good, but like, I would love to get your, your expertise. I said, okay, let me take a look. And so, you know, there was really not much to correct. She looked great. So when the time came with the transformation challenge, they were reading her story and it turns out that uh, Jenna's husband had passed away and uh, that she had a two-year-old son and she was training completely out of her basement with whatever weights she had kicking around. And she got herself ready. And I believe it was less than six months for this competition after her husband passed away. And she just thought, I need to be an example of health for my son. I'm a young girl, you Mm -hmm. know, and I, I, I was in shock and tears. And I thought, wow, what a special woman. So she went out there and sorry, I'll go cry. But the audience just went, was berserk for her they went absolutely bananas you know people were standing up and cheering and celebrating this woman for overcoming what had to have been the hardest thing she'd ever experienced in her life and so when she came off stage I I was floored you know and we talked and she ended up going out for her second pass with much more confidence at that point right so she went out for a fitness model and when she placed second she ran up to me and she said oh my god Kim I did it and I said, yeah, you did it. And she's like, I can't believe this. And I just thought, yeah, look at you and your six months training in your basement in your Walmart bathing suit with, you know, your two-year-old son having lost your husband. Like, this is the epitome of, of how to overcome anything that life can throw at you. And that those material things like having the suit with all the bedazzling and this and that and the, and the fancy gym and whatever, you don't need any of that. You need hard work, determination, and the belief that you can do it. And I just thought, I, uh, I'll never meet another woman like her ever again. Mm. And, you know, obviously she was lucky to have met you. Obviously she also changed you. Yeah. And I- those connections are so important. And even, I mean, even just hearing that story, it makes me teary because thinking women are the strongest. Right? Yeah. That's shit crazy. Like her, right? she had a two-year-old and clearly yeah. the training probably was helping her, right? Her mental health, because yes. you know that, I mean, if I could write a prescription for everybody who comes into my office just to work out, I would <laughs> business is, right. is the real truth. But she was able to harness that and move forward. I mean, women are amazing. Yeah. And I know that you made a difference in her life. Like I have, I have no doubt in that. And that she probably has that same story. She has her own version of that. Kim right? Yeah. And- I, I'll never, ever forget her. And she's, you know, one of those people where you just think to yourself, anything is possible. Truly. Yeah. And, and the yeah. that people make are, you know, unbelievable right we meet these people backstage or we meet them online and Mm -hmm. we really develop some crazy friendships I have felt more support from people that I either never met or met briefly at my time in need than than maybe like colleagues over the years right because there's a 
the rawness to competing, right? Mm -hmm. That's so primal and there's emotions involved. And when you connect with another human in a lived experience like that, you're bonded in a very, For sure. right? Like, you know, probably you had those experiences with cheer, maybe not, you know, maybe not as many just because of your age, but as we get older, it gets really hard to meet other women. Totally. I, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, actually going into cheerleading, all-star cheerleading here in Ottawa, I wasn't certain that I was going to make lifelong friendships at, because they had been together for so long. And I did end up meeting a few women um, in that, you know, sport. But at the end of the day, bodybuilding has brought me to so many more because of the individuality of it. And um, I can't tell you how many times I've fixed a green tan for someone backstage or glazed someone or, uh, you know, borrowed some bikini bite or, or bikini bite someone I don't even know. Um, but it's all about making sure that we are all going to have a great experience that day. That's what it comes down to for me. You know, it's, it's less about me and more about, are you having a good time? Cause I'm having a great time. Right. You know, the intimacy that is involved in that type of thing. I mean, I've seen you tan women's butts. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen like I've been glazed down by a woman and when you start to get that close to another athlete mm -hmm. you know there there's a comfort level that has to be there for sure and, and we we're vulnerable right all of us when we're competing yeah. you cannot compete unless you are allowing yourself to be vulnerable and right. I think that also opens us up for those deeper connections when we're there and if if you're not freaking having those opportunities in your life like you're not living yeah you're missing out you're missing out if you're not vulnerable and allowing, you know, the intimacy and the friendships to develop that whole part of you is just sitting back waiting. Yeah, right? I've been to I've been to some stone cold shows where I didn't talk to a single person. And that wasn't fun for me. You know, when I did provincials in Toronto, I not a single person looked anyone really in the eye. I mean, the only person that I, I think I saw at that show that lights up every room she enters is Sonia Domingo. Like she is like. She's everybody's shining star at every show, whether she's helping out with the absolute touch or whether she's competing herself. But to find women like that sometimes can be difficult, particularly, and I'm going to be honest, in open shows mm -hmm. uh, versus non or versus tested shows. But, um, you know, if you can find that one person or whatever, or if you can come with a team, then you're all the better for it. But if we can create an environment where that's already kind of in place, and it doesn't feel like so much pressure of like me versus you and more like us versus, you know, the world, then that's, that's really the goal has been met at that point. Do you think that that, you know, that highlighting that difference, um, you know, and I've never been to a, a publicized like open show. So mm -hmm. I don't know what that's like, but I would think that probably there's a level of competitiveness and seriousness that happens, right? When yes. people that next level. Mm -hmm. that's not there and I wonder you know because um the WCBB will be a natural show mm -hmm. but the idea behind the testing I don't feel very strongly about because I really believe in believing women right, right? asking yeah. do you take any of these how you know is this currently something that you are using in your training and right. their answers do you think that that's enough um, I would hope so. If they're making the conscious choice to go in a federation that has that much integrity, value, friendship, spirituality, whatever you're bringing to the table, I would hope that they could just say, hey, I'm, I'm not and, and be honest about it. You mm -hmm. know, and obviously you're going to have the odd person that does what they do. Um, but that's also going to stand out. Right. We all know that some right. of the changes that those make um, to features and things of that nature. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I think asking people to sign something where it doesn't bind them but it does sign karma you know um, and integrity on the dotted line I think is still important I think them having to face that question is still going to be important I completely agree I also um, you know the idea of this being a really inclusive federation where you know if you identify as a woman you can compete mm -hmm. right yes. and yep. I see that at other leagues other federations and I don't know if in the U.S. um you know that that they're more open but for sure in Canada I have yet to see 
that kind of presentation where people who are transgender who identify as women, you know. Well, I have can say from experience, I have coached a competitor who was within two weeks out of her show Mm -hmm. and she was unable to compete because she didn't have the correct identification yet. Had she had the correct identification uh, saying that she was in fact a woman, she would have been able to compete no problem and she would have been able to compete naturally because she was not uh, no longer producing natural testosterone for six years. So -hmm. she had no advantage in that regard. She'd only started bodybuilding, like training four years prior. So again, still not creating natural testosterone. And -hmm. she had been on estrogen, which would normally be of a detriment at that point. So in my opinion, she was a woman athlete, either natural or not, whatever competitor or whatever she chose direction wise in terms of federation choice or, or whether she wanted to be open or, or tested didn't really matter because at the end of the day, she has reached a point where she's a woman. She just needed the identification to say so. And I just think, and this was at an amateur level, like competing. Yeah, this would have been her regional debut or whatever. Yeah. Amateur level, regional competition. Like that's, this is, that's overkill in my opinion. (laughs) You know, presenting and saying, I identify, I'm signing this. This is my name. I'm signing up for a woman's show. Therefore, I identify as a woman. I think needs to be enough. I mean, Christine, had they even tested her, she wouldn't have tested positive for anything because she wasn't on anything and she hadn't been for six years. I mean, that's even a hair sample she would have passed. A hair sample is five years steroid free. And even though she still had some masculine features, she still would have been considered a woman on all counts. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's so she never competed. No, we, the identification thing kind of, I think ended up happening later on in life, like maybe a year or two after. Mm -hmm. Um, But at that point, you know, things had changed. Circumstances had changed in her life. And so I think she could probably still do it if she decided to, um, you know, now or even in a few years from now. But I think her priorities changed. But the bottom line is she'll still have those photos because, you know, we were working together for several months and she made insane transformations through her body that, you know, that anyone could have made female or male, you know, and, and so much respect, so much respect that she, you know, carried her head high and said, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to move forward with whatever my goals are, because that is, that's a real kick. Yeah. He was that thing that slowed down. And I don't want there to be barriers. I don't think any of us want there to be barriers for other women, right? Like some some women are great at, you know, doing, you know, a particular skill set and others do this skill set. But the idea is that we all open up the doors so that we can all pass through them. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, and share those experiences and, and not to be caught up in this, you know, the suit and the hair and the makeup and the shoes. And I right. think, you know, and I don't know, I've had a conversation with somebody who um, competes in uh, bodybuilding and, they spoke a little bit about some of the, you know, transformations of a lot of federations not having women's bodybuilding. Right. They talked about that, you know, the pressure for suit and makeup and hair is still present and, and actually even body modification. She said she felt a lot of pressure, right. uh, you know, have to get implants. And she said, Mm -hmm. she's probably the only one on any show that doesn't compete. She said, like, and she feels like she really stands out, but feels comfortable in her decision. Right identified you know um as a black woman she felt pressure to have uh, a long black wig on okay i mean i've seen women compete multiple times that were bald and that have won and you know it doesn't in my opinion it shouldn't matter and then i've also seen women who didn't place because they were bald and i just thought come on now come on none of that makes any sense right none of it makes end of the day you wouldn't say to a guy hey you should be bald or you should not be bald like yeah you know I mean I have a lot of men ask me about beards and I go um depending on the category yes there's a preference you know and those same pressures are in place for men in some ways the fact that women aren't allowed to or men or women pardon me aren't allowed to wear their glasses Mm -hmm. is very upsetting to me that's always driven me crazy I have seen a very well-known athlete. Um, I mean, just she's amazing and inspirational. But I've seen her run back because she had her glasses on, have to yep. take them off. And I remember somebody had to help her run back. Oh, my gosh. She couldn't see on stage. Inappropriate, in my opinion. That is something someone medically <laughs> needs. Get out of town. 
Right. So the idea around this whole physical, like all the accoutrements that go along with competing, to yeah. me, like everything that we were always fighting for should just be up to us. Totally. Right. Yeah. And not on that judging. So, so my hope is that there's, you know, the standard of judging that, that this federation will bring will be a lot more uniform, a lot more about what the athlete um, is highlighting on stage. Right. Yeah. What kind of muscle looks like, you know, proportions, bringing back the true sport of it. Right. Yeah. And Zero. I look forward to, I look forward to these um, workshops, you know, and these posing camps and things of that nature mm -hmm. to really emphasize the showmanship and the pride because, you know, I, I know what it's like to be at those workshops and be a little bit intimidated. And I would like people to just learn how to really strut their stuff, you know, and really take your time and, and work every second that's given to you because it's gone so fast. And, you know, when I look back at old videos where I really worked it, I'm like, yes, I, I'm so glad I had that confidence and I had those posing seminars and things like that, you know, and to see the progression yeah. and so on. And I think the more we do that, the more we're going to bring people together and get them really hype about all their hard work. And you have a way, Kim. I mean, <laughs> I laugh because I think about my own posing <laughs> <laughs> and my posing is my weak suit all the time. It's it's just not in me. But I will tell you is I didn't get it. I go to the workshops and I would do the, you know, the thing. And I was like, okay, I'm doing the moves, but I didn't right. feel it, right. Didn't feel it at all. And there's something about the way you do opposing workshop that makes people feel really comfortable. You offer such um, a welcoming inclusive space and I think that these seminars are crucial and I think they need to happen constantly I think I there agree. needs to be workshops you know you know I'm not the expert but like at least monthly I also and encourage athletes to try other posing so for example well like in my larger posing camps back in the day I would encourage you know someone in bikini to try fitness model posing or try figure posing just to see their body in a different way and mm. so on. Because sometimes, again, these aren't my competitors and they might be curious about trying another class or whatever. And they might see themselves differently and say, hey, you know what? I think I have the potential to do this or that later. But also just to understand everybody else that's there that day and go, oh, okay, cool. That's what figures like. Oh, okay, neat. Yeah. Oh, that's tough, you know, yeah. or whatever. And I love that you always bring it back to the sport. And I have never, ever heard you say anything about a particular person's body. Never. That's, I wouldn't dream of it. Yeah. And that stands out because that is not uniform across this sport. Right. I, outrageous comments. Um, and you always refer back to the sport and say, you know what? Maybe you could try this. See how you feel about this. And you get that somebody needs to come to that conclusion on their own. Absolutely. It's your show. It's your day. <laughs> you know, Um uh, but again, I will be the, also the first to say, hey, I think this is better suited for you. <laughs> you know, a perfect example is a, I had a woman who was desperate to do figure and she kept going to coach after coach and they kept saying, no, I'm not going to coach you. No, I'm not going to coach you for figure. And she came to me and I said, listen, I don't think figure is appropriate for your body. Tell you what, let's make a deal. How about you try fitness model and figure and we'll see how you place. I said, that way you can do your dream of trying it out. Um, but you also get to want try the one that I think you would be most appropriate for. And she ended up placing third and fifth, I believe, in fitness model and didn't place in figure. Well, mm -hmm. she just rushed over to me at dinner, sat on my lap and said, I'm a fitness model, aren't I? I said, <laughs> you sure are. <laughs> and I love that. I mean, I hate that name. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I have changed that name as well within this right. federation. Um, but I love I love that category. Yeah. I love, you know, the, the figure I'll, I'll change that name as well. I love the, the category. And we, I think a lot of us aspire to be there, but it takes a really honest person to be able to highlight, Hey, have you maybe tried this and, you know, see how this goes right. and, and allowing people to gracefully accept because our egos are involved. Right. Well, and if it's your first show, I'm not going to let you go into the category that you think is hundred percent for you without trying the one that I think is appropriate for you. Because mm -hmm. the last thing I want is for you to do the one that you think is for you. And then all of a sudden you get there and you go, whoa, yeah. I, uh, this is not for me. 
you know? So like, for example, when I tried women's bodybuilding, I already had physique in the bag. I was like, boom, I am a physique athlete, but I was curious to try bodybuilding. And when I did it, I went, nope, this isn't for me, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I think it's okay to try. I think it's okay to live your dream and, and whatever, but also trust your coach will, will help you decide what's appropriate for you. And you say it tactfully and kindly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's their choice ultimately, you know, and it's same goes for federations. I'll tell someone, Hey, you know what? Um, I think this federation you might be really successful in, or this is your first show. This would be appropriate. Ultimately it is up to the athlete, but I will give my, my most valued and trusted opinion on all of that. And what I think again is appropriate for that person, their personality, their age, their body type, their, their experience, you know, if, if they've been an athlete or if they're a performer or whatever, Whatever I think is appropriate, I would never steer someone in the wrong direction. Absolutely not. And because you have the experience. Yeah, I've seen enough stuff. I've been to enough places. I've seen enough people cry and go, oh, you know what? That wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And and these aren't necessarily people I work with. And I go, oh, man, they deserve better than that. We all deserve better than that. Absolutely. And, and helping, you know, fix another woman's crown is really an indication of how you wear your own. Absolutely. And I, I love, you know, the idea of the workshops that talk about meal prep and, and getting mm-hmm. ready for eating, because these are the things that get missed out, right? right? Because there's an assumption or we have, you know, I can think of somebody I chatted with the other day who had a million questions about things that are probably about seven months down the road needed sure. to talk. But we all have these, these questions and getting into a workshop environment where you're a going to connect with other women immediately, just, you know, you're going to exchange social media, phone numbers, whatevs, and, and make that connection. But also you can be, you know, have that idea. Oh, when I meal prep, I'm going to do that. That's how yes. they do. Cause we need to share our tricks and our tips, right? Well, we need- and Saf had some really great things for that back in the day. And I remember Emily made something. Um, she was one of their, you know, top athletes. She had something called the competition checklist and it's everything you need in your bag that day. And I just thought, wow, I thought, okay. And so I made my own version of that. And I added kind of what do you need to do the fall, the, the week leading up. So what do you need for peak week? Oh, I need to do my toes and hands on Wednesday so that it doesn't affect my tan on Thursday or whatever. <laughs> and so I used to pop shop where all information is because I, I, there's no problem with having a male coach. That's fine. No problem. Yeah. But they're not going to understand things like bikini or or things like um you know i have my period what do i do oh well here's the best example i tell women all you got your period that oh day, cut the string so it doesn't show you know but he's not going to know that right and like when to get your waxing done when to get your nails done when should you stop doing xyz and you know whatever and just making sure that the bag has everything you need in it because it's so much more than just showing up with your trunks fellas you know, and so I just want to make sure that everyone has all that they need yeah. for that day. And I think that we can put all of that information into our workshops and, and posing camps. Yeah, and, and, and they'll be phenomenal and women will connect and feel relaxed. The other piece, too, is is the idea of, you know, and, I, and it's not really talked about much on the website now, but as it develops, I hope to elaborate is yeah. having those workshops on also how to handle the stress of competing. Um, typically totally. for, for women who are competing, we are ambitious, right? And we're really surrounded in like company and which is really nice, but it means you either have family obligations, personal yeah. work obligations and talking about how do we balance that? Because mm-hmm. the idea is that it shouldn't be this mystique or secret to assume there's some right. elitism among women because there are not any of us can right. do it, right? Anybody, anything, we just can't do everything. So the idea of having, you know, that, that forum that allows a bit of that education, a bit of that psychoeducational around, okay, how do you manage stress? What do you do to relax? What are some coping skills and a bit of experience slash education can really go a long way. And I always wish there was something like that because I, if I, I don't even fight a dollar for everybody that said to me, Mm -hmm. wow, you're so different from that first show you did. (laughs) People know know, that you don't just have to eat you know, dry chicken, um, you know, that's why I created two cookbooks is so that my, my competitors are going, Oh, wow, this is savory. And I'm competing. Are you kidding me? These turkey meatballs, like I need this. And because I got tired of eating tilapia and asparagus and white rice. 
And so there are ways to survive this thing and not feel unfulfilled or satisfied and to really enjoy yourself and be that a team, whether that's you're eating well, whether that's you're getting together with like minds, whatever it is, that community um, is, is really what's going to be the success of your federation and of any athlete. I agree. And creating that balance, which you're just Thank identifying you. so that we're not glamorizing disordered eating. We're, right. right. We're really, what we're yeah. doing is we're highlighting and still normalcy the and balance. Eating, the joy of food, with, you with know, a week. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think your experience, Kim, like this is so great that you can share My this pleasure. with people. And I really appreciate you talking with me and kind of sharing <laughs> likewise you know i think you're just the best you're welcome Have a wonderful day. <laughs> thank you again Bye. kim